There is no secret formula for better customer service. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support and grow your customer base. Secrets out, everybody. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, January 10. I'm Juliet Bennett-Riley here with Mark Dent, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about Oreos, or perhaps more accurately, longtime Oreo rival Hydrox, and why it is so hard to find and what that has to do with how grocery stores sell their shelves. More on that in a bit, but first, let's give you the hits and headlines across business and tech. Getty Images partnered with NVIDIA to launch Generative AI by iStock, a text-to-image stock photo platform for small and medium businesses. The service costs $14.99 for 100 prompts, with each prompt generating four images. X published a list of proposed platform updates for 2024. This roadmap includes updates like AI-powered features, peer-to-peer payments, and increased investment in creators and content partnerships. Speaking of X, or actually Twitter, which it was before and which most of us, I think, still call it, Parag Agarwal, the former Twitter CEO dismissed after Elon Musk took over, is back on the scene. He's got a new AI startup. We know almost nothing about it. Details are very sparse, but we do know that it is software for large language model developers, and it has about $30 million in funding already. IBM was not the top U.S. company in patent filings last year, and that is the first time that has happened in over 30 years. Turns out Qualcomm edged out IBM to lead America's firms, but nobody came close to list-topping Samsung's 6,200 patents, which is, um, that's a lot. And finally, IMAX had its second best year ever in 2023. It raked in $1 billion and enjoyed a 24.4% year-over increase in ticket sales, largely thanks to Oppenheimer, which actually makes me wonder what it would have been like if Dune came out when Dune was supposed to come out, because I would have seen that on an IMAX screen. Or if Barbie could have been on the IMAX screen. I would have also seen that in IMAX. I think it would have been actually really good. Yeah, I would have enjoyed the Ken, I'm just Ken musical number on IMAX, to be totally honest. I mean, the colors would have been so vibrant. I mean, they were vibrant already. Yeah, you know what's weird? I went and saw Night Swim. Oh, nice which is a movie about a haunted pool, I suppose. And that was like in a Dolby theater, which I don't think I'd ever been in that room before. And there was an ad that was like, experience the blackest blacks and was like showing me how much better the picture was going to be. And I was kind of surprised that Night Swim was the movie that I was experiencing that way. Yeah, well, I need to see that one. I'm in for anything involving the blackest of blacks and, and haunted <laughs> swimming pools. Yeah, you know what? It was a perfectly acceptable Blumhouse horror movie. So we can talk about that when you see it. All right, so today's top story is focused on grocery stores and how they allot their shelves to products. We are going to largely talk about this in the context of Oreos and their longtime rivalry with another sandwich cookie, Hydrox, but we'll also talk about a couple other products. So Mark, what is the story here? You really dove deep into the Oreo versus Hydrox situation, and I'll admit that Hydrox is not a cookie I've ever heard of in my life, and Oreo maybe has something to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So Hydrox is like the original Oreo. It came out four years before Oreo did. And so Oreo is the knockoff of Hydrox, which people who have heard of Hydrox, even a lot of them tend to think it's the opposite. Mm. So just to get into a very sort of small history of it before we really start talking about like this kind of battle over grocery shelves, what happened was Oreo 
was owned by the National Biscuit Company, which we call Nabisco today, and which you know still exists and still owns Oreo, although it's now a subsidiary of a far larger company called Mondelez. And anyway, 100 plus years ago, Nabisco was basically what's known as a trust, as you may recall from your history books, which is when like a bunch of corporations get together to form like a mega corporation and kind of control the means of production. And so they try to do that for like the cookie and cracker industry. And then this other company comes along called Sunshine Biscuits, and they develop Hydrox, the first chocolate sandwich cookie. And it's very successful. Oreo copies it. They kind of have this rivalry for, you know, most of the 20th century. And it's a pretty like decent fight, especially because Sunshine and Hydrox are going up against, you know, a literal trust. So then eventually Nabisco wins out, Oreo wins out. It's obviously America's favorite cookie, or at least most popular cookie in terms of sales. Mm -hmm. And Hydrox ended up just kind of ceasing to exist at the end of the 20th century, which is why people under the age of 30 and, and really under the age of 40 have really maybe not even had a Hydrox. No, I've never had a Hydrox. Yeah, I mean, but it came back in 2015 because of this kind of smaller company called Leaf Brands. They resurrected Hydrox. Now, Leaf Brands, they post a lot on Facebook about what's going on with their cookie. And they've kind of explained that Nabisco and Mondelez have been making it hard for them. They've even filed a couple complaints with the Federal Trade Commission suggesting that because of Mondelez's relationships with grocery stores, they've been able to kind of keep Hydrox off the shelves and actually hide them even in some cases. Yeah, that is so bizarre because I was going to say, when you first started talking about this story, I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the store and buy a package of Hydrox because I have never had one. But as far as I can tell, you can't just go to the local store and buy Hydrox. They were for sale, you know, at, at a lot of Kroger's and some independent grocers. But, you know, after a couple of years, according to Leaf Brands, Kroger stopped carrying them. You can buy them in bulk on Amazon. You'd have to buy six packages of it, which is unless you have like maybe 10 teenage boys in your family, I wouldn't recommend buying six packages of anything. So, yeah, they're really hard to find. And, you know, Leaf Brands, again, has accused Mondelez of this. There's this thing in grocery stores called category captain arrangements. So through a category captain arrangements, which started to gain popularity in the 90s, retailers basically get paid to have these major manufacturers advise them on how to stock and price the various products within that company's category. So the thought is that it can lead to success for the grocery store and, and maybe even for consumers yeah. because you, you would think the leader in an industry would know what's going on in that industry. But obviously, the potential downside is that a category captain would have the opportunity to stifle competitors, which is what some people have alleged is going on with Mondelez and with other companies, too. That is a fascinating thing that I never knew about and never really thought about outside of the context of that I live by a grocery outlet, which is all the stuff that the other stores don't want. And I live near a Stater Brothers and they stopped carrying Stumptown Cold Brew. But now all the Stumptown Cold Brew is at the grocery outlet. And that is the only time I have ever thought about this. Right. Yeah. You think like if you're just going to the grocery stores, you see something on the shelf and you'd probably just think, okay, supply demand. There's demand for this right. certain product. So therefore this grocery store is supplying it. And, and while that is, you know, obviously true to an extent, there are these category captains. There's this other thing called slotting fees, hmm. which is where the corporations essentially pay for the shelf space. Okay. So there's like these really cozy arrangements that benefit these grocery retailers. And this is really interesting. I got this message from a grocery industry analyst who's been doing it for decades after I wrote this story about Hydrox. And he mentioned this stat. He says that the grocery industry does about $900 billion in sales mm -hmm. annually. 
but they also do about $400 billion in revenue that are various promotional payments for manufacturers. Wow. That means they get basically half as much as they make from actually selling food as they're just handed by manufacturers so that they can sell their products. This gives obviously a big advantage to the big manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And it's really gotten interesting right now because these relationships are starting to get strained because of inflation and all the high prices going on. Right. And we were just talking today about there is apparently a fight between PepsiCo and a grocery chain that is brewing right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a European grocery chain called Carrefour, and they've gotten into kind of a tiff with PepsiCo. And over the last week, Carrefour has said that they're not going to sell Pepsi products anymore. And and that would also include like Frito-Lay, so Doritos and Fritos and all kinds of things like that. So they've been gone from a lot of shelves at European grocery stores. And uh, they say it's because the prices are too high and they don't want to alienate their consumers with these high prices. Now, PepsiCo has just said, according to the Wall Street Journal, that they were the ones who have kind of made this decision and that they decided to stop (laughs) supplying to Carrefour. So kind of the other way around. But whichever side you kind of believe, it kind of shows how there's that relationship between like a manufacturer and a grocer. And it's usually a fairly cozy relationship because of the amount of money involved for both of them. But because of inflation and prices being so high, grocery stores have wanted to see the manufacturers kind of like give a little bit and not charge such a high Mm -hmm. price for their Mm -hmm. product. But these manufacturers can say, well, you have to sell our product because A, people want it. And B, also, we give you a ton of money to put it on the shelves. Right. And so it's really kind of become even more interesting right now. Yeah. One thing in this Wall Street Journal article that I find super interesting is that apparently Carrefour is warning people about shrinkflation. It is putting (laughs) labels on products, letting them know, hey, you're not going to get as many chips in this bag as you might think, or you're not going to get as much Lipton iced tea. That was one of the examples that you might think. So it seems like they're really kind of taking the manufacturer to task here. I know. I really love that part of it because shrinkflation, just to explain really quickly for some of our listeners here, is this really interesting phenomenon where instead of raising prices, manufacturers give you less. (laughs) Yeah. You know, fewer chips in a bag, Mm -hmm. fewer Lipton tea, I guess. And so, yeah, Carrefour's aggression seems like they're really going after them. And I kind of applaud that and wish we would see that. I wish I could go to my Kroger and see the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think this is a uniquely French thing. Like, it doesn't surprise me that this is the news coming out of France, honestly. I know. I completely agree with that. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you are not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at hustle.co slash email. And we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies and Work wherever you get your podcasts.